Part of Qatar's aims are to promote the benefits of allotments and to engage with the wider community. And to that end, we threw open our gates and held an open day on Sunday the 21st of August 2022. The allotments look superb, with dramatic dahlias and soaring sunflowers, trees laden with apples and greenhouses chocker with chilies and tomatoes. Hello, my name is Chris Coton and I'm Chairman of Kenworth Allotment Tenants Association and welcome to another podcast. Please sit back and enjoy listening to some of the visitors on Open Day talking to Nick Wood. Picture blue skies, warm sunshine and the bustle of visitors as we transport you back to a fabulous summer's day. Wow, who's that one? We didn't see him the other day. Happy birthday. Anne? Anne? The Queen Bee. Is this your scarecrow? Brilliant! I don't know. Green Reaper. So we're here with Robo Crop. Robo Crop, that's right. With Janie or Jill. So where did you say your husband made him? Oh, he did, yes. He's one of the uh, scarecrows for this year's competition. Did he win a prize? He didn't actually. No, no, he didn't win because we didn't put him in for the competition. He was, we've had this scarecrow now for about four years. It's been in our cellar. And uh, we thought, well, just for the children this time around, we'll bring him out so they've got some more to look for. But he didn't go into the competition. He's fabulously uh, constructed. <laughs> so you say your husband made him out of... Yes, uh, out of love. Yeah, yeah. And all sorts of odds and odds. <laughs> That's right. Does, yes. it, does he do a very good job of scaring crows? Pass. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but uh, he's not going to be here for very long because... Um, We'll probably, in a couple of years' time, he might come out again with a few ad- adaptations, maybe even move or yeah. lights or who, oh, know, who knows yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, he's a fabulous addition to the uh, scarecrow <laughs> competition. I think he's really clever. And I love the fact that he's just had a very big meal of computer chips as well. <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching people waving at him, which it says on the, uh, on the sign there. Yeah. And we, we've kind of come to the conclusion that they think that if they wave at him, he'll do something. Yeah, I just did. Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. He doesn't do anything. But watch this space because maybe next year he will. So he's not a static scarecrow, this one. He's, he's one that's going to probably evolve at some I point. I think isn't he might it? well do, yeah. I think he might well... Uh, um, come alive at some stage. It's beautiful. <laughs> so is he going back in the cellar after this? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah he'll, and he doesn't uh, mind that. He doesn't get too rusty in there. No. No, no it's a nice dry cellar, so he's composed. But he has a he has actually enjoyed the fresh air. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got a smile on his face anyway, <laughs> even if he's not waving at us. <laughs> yeah, we've had cake. We've had tea. We've I'm trying to get around there. Oh, really? oh, right. <laughs> um, we've spoken to the guy who's seen the woods, yeah, the wood turning. I didn't realise he was a plot holder. Oh, I didn't realise that. that is just, yeah. plot, where he is, is actually his oh, plot. Oh, he did say Oh, did he? Plot. Oh, yes. right, okay. Yeah. But that was really mm. interesting. Yeah. yeah. What um, was he talking about to you then? Um, the, his wood, like, turning. Yes. Was he actually turning and using the lathe? No, it's, no, uh, um, no he, was, he was using the one that the one that doesn't you know, scrape a shave the shave yes. yeah. yeah why do you like working with wood i 
I've always liked trying to make things. Yeah. I've never been that good at it, but I've always liked trying to make things. Where do you get all your wood from, your That's raw material? <laughs> what, finding it? Yeah. Does it have to be green for the work yes. that you're doing? Yeah. 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 It has to be green. Yeah. What's the maximum age that it can be after felling in order for you to be able to use it? Um, Apparently a month to a couple of months, providing it hasn't dried out too quickly. It depends on the um, the type of wood. That that influences how quickly it might dry out after it's been cut down, yeah? Yeah. 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 Hello. What's that? That's a pole lathe. A pole lathe. A pole lathe. Yeah, you, it's not it's not an electrical lathe. You power it with the the elastic rope at the top and your foot at the bottom, and it turns the wood. And you, uh, I'll I'll be doing a bit later on this afternoon if you can have a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that uh, dibber was made on that couple of weeks ago oh, yeah it is. it's willow I, I i thought it yeah. might be willow because yeah. they're always coppicing the willow on the on the riverbank <laughs> yeah i can't quite make a cricket bat it's a different sort of willow i think yeah. and what's this receptacle here is this a it's drinking called, cup it's called a cooksa and what do you it's, what? A, it's a scandinavian drinking cup oh my goodness that is just That's so made beautiful out of a log yeah it's literally something that size yeah you just carve it out. Right, so I'm here with, what's your name? Amber Rose. And? Um, Aurora, Aurora Lily. Aurora Lily. Just a little bit shy. You're <laughs> And you are? Heather. Okay. And where have you come from? Are you local? We're local. We live just it's on Churchill Avenue, so we're really there. close. Yeah. And um, what's been your favourite thing that you've seen today then on the allotment? I really like the creative scarecrows that we see a lot. Is there one in particular that sticks out in your mind so far? What one have you seen so far you really liked? I like the Like the lizardy dragon looking one just up there. Have you seen the one on the bridge yet? No, we need to go and have a look Oh, that's really cool. That's a new bridge as well. It is, yeah. It's not this one. It's on that one up there. And I'm told he's he's underneath looking (gasps) up at you. Oh, you'll love that. Mummy, look! Oh, yeah, little scarecrow. We're here with Pippa. Um, he's done us a great pleasure today of coming down to the allotments to uh, officiate and Pippa is the Deputy Mayor Deputy Mayor of the Town Council um, why, why, do you, why do you enjoy coming to support these things? Um, I think anything to do with growing and producing and all of the marvellous um, community and social um, uh, to and fro that is involved is, is really marvellous, particularly when these days um, the... There's a lot of engagement, um, but some of it is is via phones, and one hears about um, massive loneliness. Mm. And down on the allotment, it's all face to face. So it's it's a really really meaningful, mm. a meaningful um, kind of engagement. Have you ever been a plot holder of an allotment? No, I haven't. In Are fact. you green fingered? Well, I've got about seven different kinds of fruit in my garden, including an apple tree. What's been good this year? Um, the loganberries oh, have right, been yeah. truly amazing. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I always put my coffee grounds on the um, 
loganberry yeah. plants. Yeah. But yes, that's been amazing out of all of the plants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you brought your scissors? Do you want us to be no, I bought my brolly. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a, a conveniently placed pair of secateurs for you to cut the ribbon or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you can get my strimmer out if you like. <laughs> I've got this... Uh, the track that goes all the way around the side and uh, there's a bridge down at the other end which which has been there since the allotments were put in but when you get to here you've got to walk all the way back round to get to the shed okay. or to the trading shed whereas so, now so from now, now we've got the bridge you can come back across this way you see oh. and so we sell compost and well there's we have the manure pile and things like that so people can it's even been occupied by its own resident troll as well uh pippa if you look over here look yeah be very careful where you you don't want to get too close to i've never met one of those before (laughs) does it bite i'm not sure Uh, we try to keep small children away from it though (laughs) well it's at least green isn't it yes green and strawy that was made by Margaret, one of the... Uh, oh, the really? It was Margaret, That's wasn't right. it, Lily? Plus one of the plots. One just what, over there. What do you, yeah. what do the you think shirt. of him? Uh, him, her? <laughs> she, he? <laughs> they? they. <laughs> well, I just think this is a really splendid bridge. And as you don't have a name as yet, I think it just should just be called Splendid Bridge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Name the Splendid Bridge. It's officially <laughs> open. We have a gluten-free cake, we have a vegan cake, we have a dairy-free cake. We are catering for all. All taste catered for here at Audubon Allotment. All special dietary needs. Hello, Roger. Oh, hello, Nikki. What have you got there? Has he washed them for you? Yeah, I know you can't grumble at that, can you? <laughs> What's been good on the plot this year? Um, well, mine, because it was all late and dry, the potatoes are that nice, I'm still eating them. Yep. They did well, but other things, not so good. Uh, but I couldn't. Can't hide them behind your just... back, we can see them. Hello, hi Nick, okay? <laughs> just, yes, uh, it's just... Uh, Getting started this year and hopefully it'll be a lot better next year. Yeah. It's hard work with this. But you know it because... Uh, with the heat as well, yeah. Why did you decide to write a book I'll about tell you sheds? That. Yes. Well, that was very simple. I was short of things to do. I'd done about... <laughs> with Graham uh, Gould. I'd, we'd done about six local history books based mainly on big houses uh, in Kenilworth. And... Uh, and we were—I st- was stuck for something to do, and I, s- and I looked at next door's garden shed and thought, "Oh, that would be nice. I'll go round Kenilworth and look at uh, sheds." And I walked round Kenilworth, and I could find no sheds of, of any real inf- interest. Uh, and then Claire said, "Well, there's plenty down the allotment," and I suddenly thought, "Yes." So I came down, and I just simply photographed every single shed. And as many people as wanted to write, uh, talk about their shed, uh, uh, or write about it, or send me a comment in a bit, uh, that's how the book that's how the book came about. So then I did the sort of a bit of the back history of the of the um, of the allotments themselves, uh, and it was basically because uh, 
my dad was, uh, and I came down as a kid, you see. To Audibourne, yeah. the Audibourne side. To Audibourne, yes, yeah. in the end, allotment on Just that side. Yeah. There, and yeah. Oh, you're the tape lady. I spent ages looking for the big yellow flowers that I went in amongst when I was a kid. Uh, uh, like in a forest and I still remember that and I couldn't for the life of me find out what they were and then I was over in Warwick and I saw a row of them uh, up against somebody's fence so I popped in and knocked on the door and said is it possible to have a root and she says you can have as much as you bloody well like she says they go like rabbits uh, and that sort of thing so she says what I've always wanted is goldenrod I said I've got goldenrod so we we actually swapped over and I've now got Rudebeck here in uh, in uh, both the front and the and the back gardens is that the flower that you remember and that was the flower I remember you see yeah and so uh, uh, I've had she knew what the name was was your father a long-term plot holder did he yes yes it was during the war he had the post office in Henry Street and uh, and yes and we used to come down on the bike and bring the produce back yeah over the over the crossbar yeah you know, carrots died together and over the crossbar yeah. and all that sort of thing. So we did all that. Uh, and uh, uh, and he, he mainly grew veg uh, as thing. He worked uh, in a factory in Coventry uh, in Courtauld's in the spinning department. Um, and like a lot of uh, blokes of that age, and especially during the war, when that added to it, um, and I'm talking about... I was born in 1932, so uh, I'm talking about I'm talking about the, just about the start of the war now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, they liked something they could get out to the open air, where the allotment, the allotment organisation uh, actually was was prompted by that. It's a bit like brass bands to 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 pits. Mm-hmm. It gave them something to do uh, in their spare time. But also with allotments, of course, it, it, it did mean that uh, if you had a man who was a good allotment here and a, and a mother who was a good cook, you got a good house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the two things went together. Mm-hmm. So consequently, he uh, he j- did what most people did, and they just they they got an allotment because Henry Street hadn't had, got much of a garden behind, uh, and uh, and so he needed he needed the extra plot um, and that. So I thought, well, I'll do that. And then I got into the history of it, and I, and I wrote all the history of it, and the, all the all the stuff, collected as many old photos as I could uh, of uh, of that, and wrote about old Spud Perkins, who uh, who, who was who won, won the the years 1957, I think, the potato crop uh, prize, national prize for national grower, uh, and that, yeah. So I remember the. I remember the bag of the bag of uh, chipped potatoes coming down from Scotland uh, for him to for him to plant and that. So there was a lot of nostalgia in it, and it filled. So I thought, oh, I'll get this book done. So I got it done. It looked all right. So I I, I used the same publisher that Graham and I used, uh, and I got uh, I got a batch of them done. And I thought, no, instead of selling them. I'll give them to the Allotment Association uh, in in uh, in Alf's memory, you see, and uh, and uh, Lily w- was pleased to accept it. 
Uh, and then they decided that the bridge was going to be not paid for, but uh, it, it triggered a off. A contribution towards, yes. yeah. And they needed a lump sum to sort of start it off. And, and here they are. They got 600 quid from uh, from selling the books. And here we are stood uh, on so, that bridge here now. We are. Yeah. So the whole thing kept, went together very, very nicely yeah. as a thing. Everybody was satisfied. I was delighted that uh, the old man got... Uh, got uh, remembered yeah. and well, here uh, he is he's got his plaque on and he there got now. he got his yeah. he got his little plaque yeah uh, and uh, and yes and and the allotments and it was a good it's what the allotments wanted and it wasn't until we got round to here that we discovered <laughs> that it had all been happening. Yeah, yeah. Been, the ribbon has been well and truly cut. That's yeah, right. it's been well and truly cut. <laughs> I don't yeah. think Alf would have minded that oh, most, do you? Oh, not in the slightest. <laughs> Alf was the most unprepossed. It was my mother who was the driver. She was the bossy Bedworth girl, oldest of 13. <laughs> uh, so she knew how to boss. And, uh, and she was as bossy as can be. And I've married bossy women ever since. I got one down there. <laughs> And uh, the, no um, comment for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Confirm or deny. And uh, no, but yes. Uh, uh, and Alf, Alf had been the old brother of, with four four sisters, uh, whose and the husband had done a, a bunk, and so he was the sort of father substitute for them. So he was like that. And he was great, because in the post office then, he was the father figure during the war to all the, all the women who were on charity uh, and government money and rent allowances and, and food allowances and that sort of thing. Uh, and in the post office, they were all dealt with through the post office in those days. And, uh, and uh, so he was, he was uh, a little god to them. And eventually he went on to be a councillor. <laughs> So yeah, so he was he was he was great, and I and he was a very retiring, shy sort of chap, uh, and uh, and uh, and I never really got to know him as because my mother was so dominant, and and I regret that. So this was good for me mm, mm. to be able to sort of put him yeah. with his plaque, yeah. and she hasn't got one. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to your book, so you, you did this book about sheds. Is there one particular shed or finding in a shed that either surprised you or that you thought, oh, I wouldn't mind that, you know? Yeah, well, I loved, uh, what's it, garlic's, uh, young garlic shed up there. Why? Be- well, because he turned it into, uh, he turned it into his, uh, his refuge. And he got an armchair in there and, 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 his, and his radio and all that. And it was done out, uh, you know, there was hardly any evidence of gardening in there at all. And I found that an awful lot of them, when they wrote about it, talked about their sheds as a, as a refuge. In fact, on my garden shed, I've now got the plaque that said, this is not a, this is not a shed, it's a... Sanctuary. A sanctuary, that's yeah. right. <laughs> One of those oh, daft songs. We call yeah. it the Buffy. Yeah, yeah. Which is the gardener's hut. <laughs> Scottish <laughs> and that, gardens. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so it was interesting to see those. And, the you know, lots of interesting stories come out of it. You know, of where the sheds came from and all that. Yeah. Oh, boy. It was great fun. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it filled a gap also between that and finding another topic that Graham and I could do. And then we, we went on and we did a, 
another one. Have we done one or two since then? I forget whereabouts. I think two. Two after that now. Now we've run out of steam again and we haven't got anything to do at the moment. It's been lovely talking to you. Uh, and also, you know, thank you very much for the contribution towards the vision. I'm really glad that uh, you think that Alf would have been really quite oh, chuffed sure to bits to think that he got his, his name up there. He's back Tickled in Audiborn after all these years. He would, yeah. have, he would have done exactly what I did, as I said to Lily, uh, about the function, I said I'll come to it. Yes, but I will not be acknowledged in public. I, if you want me to get up and say any any few words, I said forget it. Uh, so in actual fact, by sheer good fortune, we we you walked away it. and I missed it. <laughs> oh, that looks a nice one. Well, it might be all right. Let's have a look. There's a grub inside. It feels very. Oh my goodness, that is divine. You know the little black dots at the mm. grub leaves? What's the name for that? Poo. <laughs> yeah, I know it's poo, but isn't there a name for it? Somebody told me the other day, but I think What, like a scientific name? Something. Yeah, like what the name for that? Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just call it poo excrement. Okay. Um, <laughs> grub excrement or something. That is divine. So it's a Victoria, is it? Yeah. yeah. So Would you like that half of the pump? Yeah, that's divine. Nice. That's absolutely um, fresh off the tree. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, the troll on the bridge? That's my personal favourite. I love it. I caught them installing it the other the other day, and I thought Margaret was going to fall in the brook. So I had to walk away. I thought, I don't think it's going to look very good if a committee member actually watches her fall in the brook. Well, it would be worse if that committee member didn't then help. So I chose to walk away. <laughs> there were other people with her at the time. It wasn't like I left her on her own. But I thought, yeah. Not to go across and see the so you'll be going over mm -hmm. and do not miss the scarecrow on the bridge. It's just okay. fabulous. It's a troll that's oh, under oh, the really? bridge. Oh, right. oh fantastic. Very Norwegian Scandi. It's oh, yeah. so cool, really cool. An inspired idea by Margaret, the lady who did oh, really? it. Yeah, really. <laughs> Apparently she nearly fell in the river when she was installed. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there would have been much water in there. So. No, that's well, true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Caroline. And I work, I'm from Waste Management at Warwickshire County Council. Right, yeah. So I go around trying to encourage people to recycle more, waste less. And today we have a wormerine made out of recycling boxes. Oh, so these are the red things that there that, might be a lot of, that you used to you know, put your recycling not being used at the yeah. moment. Yeah, because of the new collection system. So That's what right. is actually in there then? So here we've got um, one container at the bottom which is sealed so that the worm juice can't escape. And then we have a recycling container that we've drilled lots of holes in yeah so the worms can get through each layer and then in here we have um lots of worms with food waste out of my kitchen um and if we dig down in here we might see they are in here yeah oh, there, there's one there's yeah so yeah. You, you can either collect them from underneath uh, tubs in the garden. If you move a tub out of the way, often there's little worms underneath. So these are just ordinary so they're worms. They're, they're not. not they're not earthworms. They're composting worms. Oh, and there is a difference. They're brandling worms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these just live in rotting vegetation. Um, so that's the ones I'd have in the compost bin. Yeah. And what you find in a compost bin. So you can either harvest them out of a compost bin from underneath pots, or you can buy them from fishing tackle shops. Yes, I thought I'd so heard these that came... word before, brandling worm, yeah. Yeah, brandling, so there's one now, look. Yeah. So these came from the Emscott Road in Warwick, from the, the fishing tackle shop. Yeah. And so you put 
you start it off by putting in some bedding which could be a mixture of straw and scrunched up cardboard shredded paper some compost out of a compost bin and then pop the worms in there put some food waste on top and then I've just covered this over with a sheet of newspaper and then each time you have more food waste just add it in cover do them up to keep it moist or does the food that's going in have enough moisture it's, in there for quite, the worms yeah it's quite wet so yeah. it stays moist enough i keep it in the shade don't yeah. put it in the sun so um, as well as doing something with your food waste what what's the benefit what can you use the what are the products that you can use and what would you use them for so you have um the finished compost i tend to use it for a top dressing on my containers so is that um, really stuff that you've done that yes yeah, so this is out of my wormery. You can see eggshells in there. Yeah. Um, basically worm poo. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's very nutritious. And it's good for top dressing of your pots in your garden. Um, yeah. And it creates a potential problem in something that's really actually quite useful. Yeah, yeah. it's free. You'd be throwing it in the bin, wouldn't you? And yeah. now you've got this for free. So. Do you know this new collection system that we've got going in, in Warwickshire? Um, what's happening with the food waste in these caddies? Is a similar thing being done on an industrial scale here? No, so that's all going to a Seven Trent facility and it's called a biodigester. Right. And it's a big, it's lots of big vats and it gets turned into a soup. Um, and all of the methane that is created gets contained and piped through and it gets made into electricity and goes onto the grid. And then the digestate they call it that comes out the bottom all of the all of the gooey stuff yeah um gets reprocessed into fertilizer and gets put on farmland so that would be the equivalent of what you've just shown me here, yeah your worm but it would more be compost. it'd be like a sloppy soupy yeah. mush at the bottom yeah but again though it's turning a potential problem into something yeah. that's valuable in yeah, many different right. respects so all it? the gases that are in that that get produced when things get composted instead when it goes to the to the biodigester it gets turned into energy so. good for the environment it is yeah well it sounds it to me if people want to learn more about how to do this save for themselves or yeah. just because they're interested in general where should they go what are the good sources of information for so them? we have a facebook page uh warwickshire recycles um twitter as well and also our web page is warwickshire.gov.uk forward slash composting and everything will be on there tell them all about composting or wormeries um, and signpost them in the right direction. Fantastic. If there's anything more they want to know. Yeah. I can't keep me at on, it's too off. I'm on the PIM store with Trudy. How have sales been today, Trudy? Absolutely brilliant, thank you. It's been, um, it's been really exciting actually talking to everybody with their glass of PIMs. I didn't know we were going to have a wormery here as well. And yes! Like such a cool idea. It's brilliant. Um, Caroline always comes with some recycling ideas, so it's really lovely. I'm with the um, local textile artist Jackie um, Smithson and she's got various creations here made out of, is this local wool that you usually use? Where do you get your wool it's from? It's merino wool, um, so I buy it from a place in Yorkshire, so it's not too far well, There's away. nothing wrong not with some of the United Yorkshire People's Republic of Yorkshire, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, why merino wool in particular? It's much easier to felt with, it's softer and it just, it's just an easier way of felting. I mean you could you, you could incorporate a bit of alpaca, a bit of this, all sorts of things with it, but merino as a base is the, is the best for felting that I've found. Um, you can use different ones. But, but yeah. I think these yeah, are just good. so beautiful, oh, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> well it's just bizarre isn't it that they don't weigh anything? 
Totally flatten them, put them yeah. in the coast, and then they pop back up, and you just do that, and they're back to shape. Harmless. I don't understand the physics of it actually. How you know, just hitting wool or whatever you're doing and that, and wetting it makes so, it knit together. Woolen fibres yeah. have little barbs in them, so every little woolen fibre has a little barb going up, sort of thing. So a little all barb. along the fibre. All along. Yeah. So that's how it, the physics behind it, or the chemistry, or whatever you want yeah. it to be. So yeah, so the rubbing and the rolling, and you know the, the friction of it locks those fibres together, and there's little barbs, and then they Someone on the allotments this morning at Spring Lane went uh, to pick his watering can up, and no water, no water would come out. <laughs> And so he gave it a shake. He thought, oh, it'll be full of snails, because it's usually full of snails, you know. Yeah. No, still no. So he took the end off his rose, and there's a baby frog looking at oh, him oh. in, in his rose. I think allotments yeah. are, I mean, they're the sort of soul of a community, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're really important. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think they're also very, they're not just important for the individuals that are doing them. No. But I mean, as you can see today, you know, there's a lot of education that goes yes, on absolutely. behind the scenes. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of interest. Mm. So many people here today. Yeah, um, and all different ages and yeah. you know, backgrounds. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's really important that people know where food comes from as well. So yeah, well, that's really helpful to see yeah. you know, it in action, really. It is. Yeah, and I mean, I was talking to the lady uh, that was, is the beekeeper. Uh, oh yes, yeah, so we just bought some honey as well. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. We that's great. That's four pounds, please, for that size. This is Kenilworth honey. Well, I'm honoured. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will tell my girls. <laughs> Thank you. How long have you been beekeeping? I've been beekeeping for 15 years. So um, I started with the Warwick and Leamington Beekeeper Association and I started with one hive and then it's a hobby that got out of control. Um, I got up to about 25. I'm now back down to about 10. So, um, so yes, uh, I'm really keen on bees. Um, I'm just absolutely fascinated by them, and uh, I, I got so interested with the club. I've been doing some work with a few years ago. I used to run the training for the new beekeepers, yeah, um, just to help people understand because bees are fascinating. You can learn a lot about them, but you can't. They don't always read the books. So we used to run a practical course and yeah. do that. But um, we love coming to the allotments. It's a, it's a lovely thing to see here. I mean, you know, there are, there are kids looking at, at the bees now. This is an observation hive here, uh, which has a frame of bees in it that I'm looking at at the moment. Um, and they're all busily working away there, but they can't get 
out from there today, can they? No, so. not no. None can get out at all. They're all fastened in. And what will happen to those bees tonight when 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 you're packing your stall up? What will you do with those bees tonight? So those bees are actually just a small part of a bigger colony that I've got at home. So when I get home, I will introduce the queen and the rest of the bees back into the colony. So today we've got about 10,000 bees in that observation hive, but there's probably nearer uh, 50,000 at home waiting for their queen to come back. Will they be quite sort of worried at the moment, thinking, gosh, where's she gone? You know, will they have detected her absence? They certainly will detect her absence. Normally it takes the hive about half, a, half an hour to realise the queen isn't there because she gives off a smell, she has a perfume, a pheromone, that they rub on the other bees and share it around the colony and that's how they know they're from that particular colony in that hive. So they'll know that there isn't that smell there anymore. Um, so they will be a little bit worried and they might be thinking whether or not they need to make a new queen but hopefully if we can get her back in uh, today, uh, later on, that will uh, calm them all down a bit. She, she only came out last night. So. When, they, uh, when you reintroduce the queen and her bees here back into the main hive, will they accept her readily? Will that be alright? Will they remember that it's their queen, that, that smell that she has? They, they will and it also helps to have um, the other 10,000 bees that will realise that's their home. They, those, those bees will know uh, where their, their home is, they'll settle in straight away and they'll protect the queen should anybody sort of start coming up to her and say hey look I don't recognise you. Yeah. They'll make sure she's alright so that's good. How important do you think it is that people know about bees and, and their reliance on them really? Uh, uh, very important. It's, it's it's part of why I do the beekeeping and it's a big part of that. I mean the honey happens to be a side sideline for me. The bees produce it and I need to do something with it but it's my vehicle for talking to people about it um, and how it got there and why it's important to our environment but also the honey is actually important to them health-wise as well. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a vehicle for talking to people um, and people are understanding their, their environment. Uh, when you're not selling your honey here, if someone from Kenilworth wants to go and buy your honey, where can they go and get some from? Uh, they, I sell some of my honey at Green Bean in um, Warwick, in the shop there, the su sustainability shop. Um, but I also sell it direct to people um, in Kenilworth, so they can contact me through Be Originals. Um, I've got a website, beoriginals.co.uk and they can then uh, just send me an email and uh, we can sort it out from there. So I do quite a bit from that. Great. Okay, well, I won't keep you uh, from your customers uh, for any longer. There's obviously a lot of them around here. And <laughs> thanks very much for talking to us and thank you very much for coming to the Open Day. Oh, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Well, you didn't look uh, like that up. when I saw you um, earlier. It, well, no, no. Fairly recent. It's still attached, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I've just taken the skin off the knuckle. Oh, that's yeah. Well, it's nice that you've got such a nice, clean-looking bandage on it. Well, you should have seen it five minutes ago. This is the second one. What's the piece of wood that you've got on this uh, pole lathe at the moment? Willow. A piece of willow. Is that uh, Audubon willow? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So this, uh, we stood in front of Ian's pole lathe, you call pole it. Pole lathe, that's it, yeah. yeah. And is it hand-operated or foot-operated? It's foot-operated. Right, so it's like a big sort of contraption, a, a sort of frame, and then there's a piece of wood that Ian's going to work on directly in front of him, attached by a series of pulleys to a pedal. 
Yeah. Uh, what are you hoping to turn this piece of wood into? Well, I could turn it into a, a, a dibber. This is just taking the, uh, the the high the high bits off the wood. Yeah. To get it smooth, so it'll sound a bit bumpy. Yeah. Also got a lovely smell. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's very light actually, it is. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is it a strong wood? No. The problem with turning it is you you get splits on it. Yeah. So what I've sort of do is, is I I leave a bit at the end which I can bound bind up if it's if it's getting split. Yeah. And then the the piece of work will sort of finish either side of the split. So how long uh, would it perhaps take you? About an hour. So about an hour from yeah. uh, a piece of a branch yeah. to a dibber. To a dibber, yeah. yeah. Take, take the bark off from the clay uh, holes yeah. and get it as round as you can with a draw knife. And then it will go on here. And if it's not perfectly round, I'll move this up. It's actually a remarkably sustainable way of producing something. It this, is, isn't yeah. It? Because yeah, it's yeah. powered by food, isn't it? Yeah, well, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no electric or anything. No here. electric at it's all. It's 100% uh, yeah. sustainable, yeah. isn't yeah. it? You know, and the wood has come from here. Uh, yeah, and exactly. You never know, the dibber might be being used by someone well, on Eddie Board. Yeah. You know. uh, if you uh, listen, this will sound lumpy. Yeah. See what I mean? As opposed to. Yes. That's the difference. This is because this bit hasn't had all the, all the highs and lows taken out. It's yeah. not the same level. As you get it down to one level, it becomes smoother and smoother. And start the initial shaping with this. Yeah. So if I wanted a, a groove in it. taking a lot more off. Is that because you're pressing more? I'm pretty, or pushing more in. You're putting more pressure on there, yeah. Oops, get down the right way. You have to <laughs> go work downhill as it were if you're putting it. Yeah, yes I can see. So you're see, actually working from side to side, chin, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. And uh, so going down from the from the high point to the low point you go that side yeah. and turn it back the other way. Yeah. And then you'll take that out, and you see how quickly that's that yeah. that groove yeah. has come into it. Yeah, and that's that sort of just shaping. Do you and use then, any uh, finishes on it? Uh, when uh, you, yeah, when you you're can, happy with the end product from the. If I'm, if I'm making a spoon, yep. or or like the, the butter spreader there, and I guess on here as well, I'll, I'll use um, just a. It's a a vegetable oil thing. There's a bottle of it around somewhere. Oh yeah, there it is down there. Yeah. This one, uh, yeah. So that's food grade oil. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't put it on your salad, but. Can you use that on any wood? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, but particularly on um, woods that you're going to use, if you want wooden spoons or wooden forks that you've made, or yeah. bowls or things like that, you use something like that. Yeah. You can dye them, um, but again, you've got to use 
um, food grade dyes like walnut or something like that. So yeah, yeah. walnut oil that you'd put on your salad or something, you could use that. It's an expensive way of doing it, but yeah. You, and that would dye it yeah. sort of a brownie colour. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, exactly. To, to make something for yeah. me is yeah. just far, far more rewarding than buying something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, as you say, this the satisfaction you get out of actually producing something which you can then use. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Whether house, it be a the spoon house is full of spoons, yeah. loose for cooking and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, be some better than others. As I've gone on, though, my, my proficiency has, has got better. So yeah. Yeah. the early spoons are really fairly rough. <laughs> <laughs> and yet usable, I'm sure. Oh, they're still usable, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Successful day then, Paula? How many people do you think you've had through the door, do you know? Uh, I've got a piece of paper with a five bar goat system on it. So far I've managed to avoid him. No. I ran away around the other side. Are you going there? Yeah, I'm, I tell you what. Um, well, I think it's been a lovely day. It's been fabulous. There, yeah. Carrier yeah. Bags. Okay. Um, and then I'll put them away. I'll, I'll, what I'll probably do is I'll probably have a side of the. Well, I do hope you enjoyed listening to that. There were some really interesting people there, so enthusiastic about their subject. And I particularly liked hearing about the bees from beekeeper Julia Smith. And I thought that Peter James is a real Kenworth character. So I hope to see you there next year. Goodbye. <laughs>